0: Yeah, I don't think, I mean, you know, if you gotta stand by your hot takes of disliking parasites that feast on your skin, blood, and body, you do you. I stand with you. How could you say something so controversial and yet at the same time so brave?
1: to level with you
0: this is a comedy podcast but in case all the swears and less than healthy coping mechanisms aren't clear enough this show isn't for kids listener discretion is advised and regarding the books while animorphs is nominally for children there is some extremely dark and textbook triggering content involved body horror and animal harm are pretty standard but every book is different So for specific content warnings, check the notes of this episode. And you know what? If you have to bow out because of any of this, we understand and we support you. All right. That all said, on with the show.
1: Hey, welcome to Lit Kid
0: Lit, where we give ourselves amnesia. While we give ourselves amnesia. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Kara. I am your resident animorph historian. And this is... Nika. I am
1: the first time morpher and a heavily judgmental zoology enthusiast. And boy, howdy. This is our first Megamorphs book.
0: We're here. We're mega. We're we're Megamorphin, Megamorphin Power Rangers. So I have to say, I initially didn't
1: understand why the hell they were called Megamorphs books. Uh, or like Meg- Megamorphs. And I technically, I don't... I, the fact is that it's from all perspectives at once, which is just a wild... Do we want to talk about that? Do we want to talk about the literary device of having every chapter be from a different character's perspective?
0: Yeah, they're... Get it I out mean, of the way? Look, George R. R. Martin fucking wishes, because <laughs> K.A. Applegate was doing this shit. I'm, I'm joking, I'm sure, like... I think I was about to agree. No, uh, that gasp was. But (laughs) yeah, because I've never seen something that can
1: so be so condensed and so concise and so on point while also switching perspectives, voices like in general, this is just literary prowess, the voices change, the dialogue change, the way the characters describe a situation and themselves and observe themselves change, and it doesn't need to be restated. It's just chapter whatever, character speaking. Done.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they do it, I think you know ka does it really well i do feel like there's a weird timeline switcheroo that they yes. end up doing in this book that gets a little awkward but i think all in all you understand what is happening and the way they break it up is very you know the the end of chapters are so like what great little cliffhangers every fucking time every chapter every chapter end has like a snazzy little commercial break plug line truly that And then something that that
1: really is fun with other chapters is for for some of them, they fall back on saying a sentence at the end of one chapter. And then in the next chapter, the timeline's funky, but then they say that same sentence. And because it's a kid book, it's never more than a page forward, right? It's not like 15 pages down the line, they'll say the sentence. It's you've read through a page and then the start of the next page is same sentence that ended previous chapter and you're like okay the timelines have converged again we're good well, we're back yeah
0: oh yeah absolutely no yeah by the end of the next chapter or the chapter after that you know i mean all the timeline stuff stacks up where you know what's happening when it's happening right it's just a uh, like well the thing is and how it's it's so perfectly crafted for like a live action netflix adaption hey netflix call me hey netflix call k applegate hey netflix Please. Give me a ring of ding ding, like. Give me and Ka, get us together, get us brunch. I would like champagne brunch at Hamburger Mary's. Let's have fun. Let's go. <laughs> Let's have fun. Let's see the queens. <laughs> anyway.
1: Uh- <laughs> anyway, back to the point of our podcast. Uh, yeah, they do a lot of they do a lot yeah. of time skips. They do, and and again, like I'm not saying.
0: But the scenes. That's that was my point before we got yeah. distracted by mimosas with Ka Applegate, yeah. my fucking Sunday dream. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh funny. it would be so much fun she seems so cool anyway, call um, us you can bring Michael Grant it's fine I would love to say hey to Michael Grant uh anyway so the scenes the way it's set up uh the scenes are perfect for, like, film adaption. Yes, The way they begin, the way they end, the transitions between the different characters and how it shows a different frame, and even how the timelines, like, do that weird overlap. If it was in film, in the language of film, no one would have any issues. It would flow so perfectly.
1: If Bohemian Rhapsody could win an award <laughs> for its fucking skipping edits... Then Animorphs no. can be a Netflix adaptation and handle the swapping of perspectives just fine, folks. Right? Yeah. If oh, you can have so epileptic and oh. in seizure inducing cuts in a single scene in Bohemian Rhapsody win a fucking Oscar, then that's what it won, right? I don't care. Uh, uh, <laughs>
0: it did win an Oscar for yeah, editing.
1: It, but like, then we can ugh. have a Netflix thing because truly it would not be confusing at all. It would not. The perspective swipping, mm-hmm. swipping, swapping would be super manageable in in whether it be, you know, yeah hour long, 45 minute long episodes, easily doable. Easily doable. So mm-hmm. basically that's the premise, though, of uh, Megamorphs is that it yeah. has every chapter it's- from a different character's perspective.
0: It's also, like, half a book longer. It's like, uh, you know how they would do, like, Archie Digest specials? And they'd be the thick things? Um, (laughs) No. Baby, those drugstore comic books had cake. Uh, They would be, like, the size of five issues instead of just one issue, right? And they'd call them, like, Jumbo Special. I never
1: want to hear you say that sentence again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I'm going to say it all the time.
1: (laughs) But uh yeah, yeah, it's uh so this one in particular was 125 pages mm-hmm. while the rest were about eighty to eighty-five, right? So it's it's a little bit chunkier. Uh fits a little bit more in. And let me tell you, like, at, at around the point where you're waiting for the the normal size book to end is when everything is hitting its, its fucking stride and you're just like ah! So let's get let's get into <laughs> it. Let's start talking about it. Yeah. So
0: let's start let's start the thing. Hell of a quote to begin
1: with. I wrote it starts from Jake's perspective, and at one point, base as he's describing his situation, the classic situation every Animorphs book starts with, with like this is my life, this is whatever. He's talking about the controllers, he's talking about the Yuriks, and then there's just the quote of "They have taken my brother from me and made him my enemy."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
1: page one, baby. I don't know how else to fucking take you on this ride of Animorphs with me.
0: But this... They're like, we need to go hard immediately out the gate. The wheels are peeling. You hear them screeching as this fucking book starts. (laughs) They're like, we're giving you all the exposition because this is a big thickum, right? Like... (laughs) <laughs> this is the one kids are going to pick up off the shelf yeah. just out of nowhere yeah. because it's going to have an extra cool lenticular cover. Yeah, Oh, yeah. With By the-, the way, I love the word lenticular. Lenticular is good. It's just good.
1: Lenticular is good. I pick up lenticular bookmarks every time because I was like, ooh, lenticular. And then I'd realize that the mm-hmm. sound that my nails made scratching on the zippies ups made mm. me way too uncomfortable. So I've never used oh, any. Really? I hate I love that it. sound. I, uh, I hate that sound. I can hear it in it. my eyes. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: the the usual hearing organ my, my mind uh, yeah i mean baby you do you i love and support you
1: Thanks, appreciate it. I hate, it. <laughs> hate lenticular bookmarks. Hate lenticular things. Hate lenticular billboards. I Hate driving past them. They always freak me out.
0: I don't like them on the billboards. I feel like bad content. don't be dis- don't be a giant dis- distracting thing on the road. Yeah, it's that not just seems like a bad idea. Bad idea. Anyway, so Uh, basically, it starts out with them kind of framing around the
1: fact that their lives have gone to shit, they're all paranoid, and the realities of Mm -hmm. war are terrifying, because Rachel needs to go away for a two-day, weekend-long gymnastics camp, and everyone's like, we're literally fighting a war. I don't know if this is the soundest idea, but then people are like, wait a second, we totally should, that's fine, we, like... It's it's a sort of you need to
0: be human, and you you should do things that are that you that interest you, and are nice social activities instead of only narrowing in on like the worst aspect of your life. You're allowed to still have
1: a life outside of this. Is the overall scope, but then it's like, are we are we allowed to have a life
0: outside of this? Is this Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. they
0: feel guilty for having anything else going on than the biggest problem? Which, wow, that's relatable, boy. Boy, if that ain't the sign of the times right now in this moment, this might be dating,
1: this might be dating us right to July of 2020. But like, I feel like that mood isn't going to stop when this episode comes out.
0: No, it's not. It's.
1: uh, There's a lot happening all at once all the time.
0: We're in a very particular uh, period of history. Mm -hmm. And all we can do is try to survive and do something else that's a little bit fun. And I hope our listeners understand and feel the same way. That's why we made a podcast Um, about Animorphs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: For real, yeah. So, yeah. For real. It kind of, it's Jake talking to Rachel, the whole group gathered talking Mm -hmm. about Rachel going away. And eventually there's a bit of fun poking, teasing between Marco and Rachel. And she's like, fine, I'll go to the damn gymnastics camp. I'll do it. Mm -hmm. I'll do it. I'll go.
0: Also, hey, wait, wait, wait. Before we... Guess what? Uh Here's the deal. I have a, I have a beep, 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 hot goss update. Cassie told Jake that she thinks Rachel has a crush on Tobias, and it's so true, and they're all like, no one can tell Marco, because that would be hell on Earth. He would just say the... He would be the worst at all times. And, my God, let me live for this drama. (laughs) I love it.
1: So much i love it so much and it's like cassie has a theory and you know rachel and cassie are best friends and like we know that tobias will ever be human again but i think ultimately what it comes down to here's the part right where it starts out this cute hot gas and then it's just like here's the sad Mm -hmm. part i just think it's sad because i don't think he'll ever be human again and that's yeah heartbreaking
0: thanks jake thanks jake page one page page one jake thanks page that is page one jake cool i mean they 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 go so fucking hard out the gate yeah but yeah yeah so that's that's what happened rachel's like fine i'll go to the gymnastics camp and like be a 14 year old girl or whatever uh and they kind of disperse except uh cassie tells jake about her bad dreams that she's been having
1: yeah so my my thing with this is just like god all of these kids are already so fucked up. They're already having stress and trauma nightmares about everything because Jake straight up goes, goes I have those too. We all do. You can't live through all this and not have mm-hmm. be affected by They've it. They've been
0: having them since book one. He asks,
1: <laughs> what's this one about? The ant thing? Cause they're all still fucked up over the yep, ant thing, yep. and it's like, no, 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 not that trauma. This other trauma, one of many traumas. It is. We are on like, like cr- 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 chrono- chronologically. She's like, no, this one's a little. We're on like book. She's like, this eight one's a little right? abstract. Yeah, this one's just. It's a. It's, uh, a yeah. it's making me choose between right and wrong. It's making oh, me yeah. choose who to sacrifice and who to save.
0: And. Whether she will sacrifice herself for someone else or let someone else die so she can live, right? Which is even more... Like, both are fucked up when it's a question of survival versus sacrifice. Yeah, That is a very intense moral quandary, especially for someone like Cassie, who just would rather outie out of the possibility of that. Right.
1: Cassie would much rather choose the... Not even have that be an option, right? She'd either uh, outie out yeah. of it,
0: or she would she not wouldn't participate put in that situation. Exactly.
1: Exactly. She would
0: try. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's interesting is Jake immediately is also like oh you're having those trauma dreams you know i think if we ignore them they just like go away right like that's how that works i and yeah boy i wrote that's not healthy i put
1: this note down too i just wrote holy shit i cannot believe how much everyone needs therapy because he specifically says if you don't talk about the fear it'll go away That ain't how it Mm. works, Juice. Like, no, my kid. Like, that ain't it at all. But they can't can't talk to anyone about this.
0: They're scared of everything. She makes a note. She's like, I didn't used to be afraid. They don't have the coping skills. This is the period of life where you're supposed to build those coping skills with much smaller problems than Like homework and a teacher being
1: mad at you. But she's like, I didn't used to be scared of shit. And now I'm scared all the fucking time. And he's just like, just ignore it. It'll go away. That's what I do all the time. And you're just watching this, like, implosion of child's childhood. And you're like, my God, kids.
0: When I read this as a kid, like... I didn't have the depth. I I wasn't, I was like eight. I was like seven or nine, you know? Like I didn't have the depth to understand the implications or or the experience to know how trauma works or PTSD wasn't even really in my vocabulary. I was a child. Yeah. And this like gives you this thing where you're like, is that how it works? Is that what you can do? It's also Does, like... Yeah,
1: here's the thing, right? Is it's interesting looking at it from this this removed perspective yeah because if this was me when i was younger fucking even go not even a full decade back right i'd be like yeah that is how i deal Mm -hmm. with things that is how i cope with things like yeah that that was the first that was the first coping mechanism i learned when i was a traumatized young individual so inevitably if i had read this i would have felt a sort of solidarity but also here's the thing like it, it without directly stating it, Applegate does do an amazing thing of saying, like, no, you need to talk about these things. She doesn't
0: yeah, this- she doesn't
1: explicitly say, children, this is bad, please go to therapy, but she does suggest mm-hmm. you guys need to talk to each other, you guys need to share these mm-hmm. things, and you guys need to be on each other's side with this, which is, uh, yeah. is pretty fucking good in getting that message across to kids of, please don't keep it all in here, and then one day you'll die. Yeah,
0: there's... And I think that's one of the major themes of the book, obviously, is, like, experiencing this trauma and the different ways people cope, healthy or not. Right? For sure. Because Cassie is always actively doing this work towards taking care of her, like, soul. Yeah. Right? She She is the empathy core. She is the the moral core of the group and she is the one who is like no we shouldn't just do these heartless things just because they might benefit us yeah it's usually her vibe
1: yeah um and we'll we'll get into it later
0: but the idea
1: of acting out of instinct as opposed to acting out of emotional awareness to cassie is Mm -hmm. terrifying and she tries Mm. to be so emotionally aware about all of the actions that she does which is yeah. exactly the kind of, and you know, to be fair, both of the girls have this put on them in a certain way because Rachel also, while being aware of the emotional repercussions, takes the actions anyway. She's yeah. more emotionally mature than the boys, that's for sure, uh, to a certain degree. Tobias excluded. I don't.
0: I think. I think they have different kinds of maturity. Yeah. I think that's because Marco's pragmatism is something no one else has, and while it doesn't always make him. Kind or like not a little shithead, he has that in a way that others lack. You, the same way you, Rachel has that bravery. Can you believe yep? I've
1: written the fucking phrase, I love Marco, in my notes this time?
0: <laughs> ah! ah <guess>. Vindication. <laughs> <laughs> we'll it's, get there but it's my wild. god it's so wild my goodness i wrote it
1: down and it's a lot but so yeah
0: so they're scared of everything all the time
1: they're n- nervous talking about their feelings they're unsure they're they're still feeling very policed and very like aware of the the, the stress and paranoia, paranoia. we swap yeah. over to rachel rachel deciding hey i need to go to gymnastics camp let's go to gymnastics camp but here's the thing she's about to leave She's got a couple, a little, a little bit of time to kill.
0: And yeah, she, she has like she went to the bus station like two hours. She, yeah, early, she's got a couple, of which hours. you have to plan for that. Although I've, I've done that. That's like every time I fly, I'm a very early arriver. Truly, That's,
1: me too. I'm just like uh, I'd rather show up way early and just. Well, here's the thing: I didn't used to, but I, I've started just going to airport bars because I'm like, let's buy one beer somewhere. and nurse it for an hour. Why not? Like,
0: mm. fucking, might as well spend fourteen dollars on a pint. That's. <laughs> I I I will not. I refuse. I do not see it. <laughs> I mean,
1: it, weirdly <laughs> enough, it's cheaper to buy alcohol in the airport than it is to buy on the plane. So if I'm going somewhere very far, I'd rather get my kicks in beforehand. Mm. But um, so she she arrives at the bus station two hours early and she's like, listen, so my parents think that I'm going to gymnastics camp. I already told the gymnastics people, I'm not coming. So I, it's going to be a surprise for everybody involved. It was a surprise for my, my mom. And it's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's a surprise for my family. And it's a surprise for the folks that I'm arriving to. So while I have the time, let me change. You go talk to Tobias. My favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. Earlier, but- earlier in this little conversation, again, I can't believe we're saying earlier where we're on page eight, but earlier Tobias was like, I hate crows. They mobbed me earlier crows suck oh yeah man why are you being nice to this crow (laughs) cassie like we have so much backstory and no many this few pages and rachel's just foreshadowing yeah foreshadowing tobias is like fucking hate crows (laughs) rachel goes out on her fly she's like man i really do love the freedom of being a bird this is great oh shit there's birds mobbing me because that's what birds do to predators,
0: mm-hmm. and yep. she she smashes her brain into a tree. Yep, and as she's blacking out, she just thinks, "Turn back, turn back, turn back, turn back," right. And then it ends. And then we're just hard cut, hard cut to Marco doing some hijinks with Axe and Tobias. Fucking, They're having like some slide whistle level goofs here. (laughs) I loved it. You know? I loved it so much. (laughs) I love seeing that Axe
1: is like, you know, very refined Prince ax prince. billy is just like, (laughs) let's get up to some shenanigans. Let's get up to some boy shenanigans.
0: Marco Marco enlists him. Here's the... I love this... Well, I just love Mm -hmm. Axe so much. Mm -hmm. I really like... I think he's my favorite of all because he's just such a fun alien and very... Has his own sense of humor. He goes, pardon me if I sound skeptical and please don't be offended, but I sense that maybe this is a dishonorable idea. And, And the deal is, he ends up helping anyway, because he's like, I have bumps, and Marco promised me medicine. And Tobias is like, you can buy flea powder yourself, <laughs> X. You don't. He just says, Tobias, I am suffering. <laughs> I have that exact is, quote in my notes. Like, that is the most mood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I relate,
1: Tobias. I relate. I am suffering. <laughs> I. That's exactly the quote that
0: I wrote down too, because it's just like he, this guy is just. Oh my god. Yeah, Tobias- This chapter is also straight up the Marco Roast committee. Like, everyone is just giving- Marco the the hardest and heaviest of birds. The reason
1: they're doing this, by the way, is because the whole beef the whole beef is that Marco was not was the <laughs> only one not invited to this girl, Darlene's pool party. And she's very rich and her parents have a very large pool and everyone else was invited. There's like forty or fifty people that are gonna be going, but Marco was not because when he was ten years old, although he insists he was six, he put a baby Ruth in the <laughs> pool and said it was a poopling. So like <laughs> she's not inviting him. He's upset that he doesn't think that she doesn't think that he's matured.
0: He also is delusional and thinks that she probably likes him. Like, that's why she would exclude just right. him, right? Because, because that's what you do to she boys She likes you him like. and she's too embarrassed. Yeah. You, yeah, you never talk to them. And Axis, like, is... Is that is that the way, my guy? Because that
1: doesn't sound like the way, my dude. And Marco's just like, you don't get it. You don't get it. Like-like <laughs> is different. It's when you like-like someone. It's so fucking endearing and, and terribly human of them. I love it. And I can just imagine Tobias sitting on a log preening this whole time. And he's like, X, my guy, you can just go into a CVS and buy flea powder, dude. Like, mm-hmm. you really don't have to. Like, we'll <laughs> buy you the... the we have... Ask yeah, Jake, it's, like, it's fine. And, and Axe is like, for honor. Like, you know, that <laughs> at, the, at the basis of all of Axe's actions are just, actions, are just, is this this overall thing of, but for the honor and dignity of it, like, I simply must. I love him. Absolutely. He's a good boy. He Yeah. Oh, so, you know, God. so far it's been normies are us, except with some trauma on the side, they go to a pool party. Yeah,
0: they get into the party as mice. Tobias catches them a live mouse. Marco and Axe both morph it, and Tobias walks them across the street. And uh they just hang out underneath the girl who's talking. There's a Kara at this party. Hey, hey There thanks. is a Kara at this uh, party. I,
1: there will never be a pool parties, in these Arlene.
0: Never gonna be a Nika. So rarely a Kara. <laughs> But I can I feel like we are very close. Yeah, I've never seen a, a Kara mountain. in
1: media either, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so Um, but yeah, to get them to talk about Marco, Marco just thought speaks Marco. into their brains just a word and she's like who taught who's talking about that little toad you know yeah yeah, she just they just all start talking good shit and everyone's just like
1: man fuck marco like he's just such an immature kid i don't think he's grown up at all since the poop thing with the the pool poop baby ruth thing and he's just like i am incensed i am now incensed i am going to ruin this girl's day you're not
0: and he thinks he's funny but he's like very much not he keeps yeah he says you can you can call me not that is a bar too
1: far yeah you
0: cannot call mario i might not not be
1: cute i might not be smart but not funny fuck you i'm hilarious and i'll show you (laughs) hilarious and he runs over her foot and he's like man darlene you think you're so pretty you gotta trim your toenails girl and he runs over (laughs) her foot as a mouse and she freaks out and Axe is just following his lead because he's like, <laughs> what, what am I doing? I don't know. But. Sure, sure, yeah, but This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And in so the way that this, this whole time Skippy perspective Skippy goes is that Jake and Cassie are just in their bathing suits on the edge of the pool, literally just in beach chairs lounging. And Cassie's just like, Mice don't follow each other like that, do they? And Jake's like, No, nah, man, no, they don't. No. No.
0: I love, yeah, I love that Jake's like, wow, if they don't want to die, those mice should sure run to Cassie. (laughs) Wild that if these mice don't
1: want to die, they should run to the person that we know is a good person Cassie, who likes animals. Like, it's not subtle at all for within the (laughs) Animorphs group. And then there's just some thought speaking, and eventually the the dudes get downstairs, and they're like, we're morphing back yeah. in the basement, like, it's fine, we're morphing back, just keep him out of the house. And then, mm-hmm. by page fucking, I don't know, 20? That's it, it's over. You've had fun? You've had, you think you've had, you've had fun? You haven't had trauma yet? Goodbye. Not for the rest of the book, baby. Taz, the
0: Tasmanian devil. I wrote, I wrote, shows I wrote up.
1: a literal whirling dervish, like... Yeah, that's it. A dust it's a devil. dust storm of knives and mouths is basically the best that you can mm-hmm. describe it as. Shows up, decimates the roof of this entire building, destroy like just starts
0: munching the grounds mm-hmm. up. It sounds like a table saw too. Is how they yeah. describe it. Like this, the high pitched screech of a table saw, which is very i think that's a really nice uh what onomatopoeia however you want to describe it effects. um
1: um mnemonic
0: yes yes yeah cuz it, uh, it the but yeah
1: uh it's brack <laughs> yeah anyway Here's what happens. We cut back to Rachel. After this roof has been decimated, the boys are standing in the basement in their, you know, not leotards, but bike shorts, just like, (laughs) what? And Axe had the uh, (laughs) sense to turn into his human form. Yeah. And everyone's just like, that was not a tornado. That was something that tried to kill us just now.
0: And then Mm -hmm. it hard cuts to Rachel. Yeah, Rachel waking up, doesn't know who she is. She's got TV amnesia. And she is, a half eagle monster as she wakes up unknowing. And the fact this is always, this still terrifies me. Like, I know it's gonna be fine. I know what happens in the book series. But the idea of her being half in a morph and passed out and waking up and not knowing how much time had passed is some, like, absolute top tier body horror for like that scared the shit out of me too
1: i was like how long has she been out how much time has passed i've seen birds hit windows it takes them hours to recover sometimes how much time Mm -hmm. has passed she is stuck in a form where she has a beak and she has feathers on her arms and she has talons for toes it's not pleasant and she
0: is just stuck like this Mm -hmm. um she does, she gets back, she she manages to bring herself back yeah. while just vaguely thinking human thoughts and not not even, like, understanding what she looks like or anything. Yeah, right? and she
1: doesn't know her name, um, she doesn't know who she is, she just knows that she currently is. And essentially what ends up happening is once she morphs back,
0: she... It calls the dirt, the dirt
1: it devil. It calls that dirt devil, and she starts sprinting away from it. She doesn't know where, and she's stuck between a...
0: While demorphing... She's still got like, like, folded up bird arms and and weird feet mm-hmm. and shit, and she's just running through the forest, yeah, uh, away from this n- this knife cloud. yeah. yeah. and uh yeah. she runs into and across a freeway. Six lanes of traffic, she describes it as: Which Jesus Christ, that's also a lot. wild, wild that this is happening. Yeah. Um, and it hits a fucking Ben and Jerry's truck. And uh, she fully manages to go human as she gets into a ditch in the median and it just kind of gets, it just kind of walks away, you know,
1: whatever. The thing just leaves and she's like, I don't know what that was about. I, in fact, don't know anything. Shit. Yep. (sighs) So eventually what ends up happening is they are gathered around a television, they being the rest of the gang after this whole ordeal with the pool shenanigan, the Mm -hmm. pool party, And they're talking about what happened. You know, there's certain people that are saying, hey, this was a live. Marco especially is pissed because the news is putting it off as this was a tornado. And he's like, that was not a tornado. It tried to eat me with like 800 mouths. That was not a tornado. Tornadoes do not have 800 mouths, generally speaking. (laughs) And he's just pissed that they're kind of framing it this way. And yeah. Cassie, I believe, is the one that notices. She's like, wait, 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 wait. rewind the news footage. Well,
0: someone, ac- no, Marco notices. Oh, okay, okay. That Rachel is there. But they, yeah, so they, they DVR'd the footage of the cloud hitting the Ben and Jerry's yeah. in the news, right? And they look at it and Marco's like, oh, wait, hold on, stop, look at this. And they're like, oh, and this is VCR time. This picture is not clear. Not clear. is not HD. This is not HD. Ten- this is not This is 108p. This is very little P. Anyway, yeah, Marco notices and is like, hey, look at this f- leggy blonde in the leotard <laughs> in the back. Pretty sure we know her. And uh, yeah, they all notice it's Rachel and put together that she didn't come home that night. They- Cassie calls her, f- her fucking parents, her mom, and uh, she is not there. Yeah. She went to the gymnastics camp, allegedly. So they know Rachel is MIA. Yeah, and they were like, shit,
1: well, we have to find her. Uh mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. It's, 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 we've hit, we've hit crazy, guys. So Rachel's wandering the woods barefoot, alone. No memory of who she is, where she was, what she was doing. She has some vague flashes coming back. And I will say this. It is very TV amnesia, right? But it's still mm-hmm. terribly terrifying. It's very... Oh, sure. I've, I've had some moments, uh, cause I, I get, I get, um... Every now and again, I get hemiplegic migraines, which mimic the symptoms of a stroke. Mm. So I've forgotten how to read multiple times in my life, uh, which is terrifying. Mm -hmm. The very basis of forgetting what seems to be just an intrinsic part of existing is terrifying. Mm-hmm. So regardless of how much it is, or it, the, the, the reason that this TV amnesia works is that it's not played up in the same way that you'd expect it to be of like, but doctor, who's my family that's sitting right there, right? Like she has these senses it, of familiarity. It, she has, she's like, I know I should know something. I just don't know what.
0: Yeah. Part of how it's TV amnesia is that she gets the flashes of memory, mm-hmm. the like... You can, I can see the like 90s cut-ins of like yeah. look, at the mall this is a credit card mm, you she know, remembers like... what a yellow blouse from the limited
1: would look like
0: fuck it's been yeah. ages
1: since I heard about the limited
0: Rachel's my girl she has priorities I love her she sees um, a yellow
1: blouse on the ground in the woods mm-hmm. she follows essentially this like trail of fucking discarded clothing well mostly this yellow blouse to the shack in the woods and in this shack is a babbling old woman older woman let's say because i don't picture this woman being past Mm -hmm. like 60 at most right yeah and this woman seems to have lost her shit and she's just like you're gonna need a receipt to return that item and rachel's like i am just holding this shirt that i picked up i don't know what your deal is this woman asks her she, Rachel's like, Look, I need shoes. I'm in a leotard. I have bare feet. Can I get some shoes? And she's like, Are you going to be paying with card uh, or cash or, or whatever?
0: Cash or credit. Cash or credit. Cash or credit.
1: And Rachel picks up this little piece of bark from the ground and is like, Will this work for credit? And she's like, Yep, that'll do. Like, yeah,
0: they, you know, browse at your. She's like, We're at the store. Rachel's like, yes, this is my credit card at the store. At the store. And it just, it it works well enough, right? Rachel manages to pair two different sneakers. Yep.
1: But at this moment after this, this woman freaks out and shoves her into a basement, a sort of trapdoor hatch, and closes it behind her, all the while screaming about the yerks. Mm-hmm. you guys can't see my face but i have this expression on of excuse me what the fuck and also what are the long-lasting implications of yurk controlling on a human mind we haven't explored that baby at most jake was controlled for a whopping three days while he was waiting for his yurk to die that's all we've got what the, mm-hmm. what the fuck is our Chapman's, is Chapman's well, mental Well, yeah, where's, Chapman's- Where's
0: Tom at? Remember how he lost his body? Like, he, he had his, yeah, his bodily control? Yeah, he didn't know how to he, talk. He didn't know how to use his tongue. Yeah. Holy fucking shit! Sh- While she's having this breakdown, she literally says- you're here to take me and take my family. You're here to convince them to go with you. Like, things like that. Mm-hmm. My, my husband and my son. Yep. And it's just, you get this whole story of this poor woman. By the way, did you pick up who this old woman, that this old woman was in the series previously? No. In the first book. When they all leave Cassie Morph's horse, and their only survivor is one woman who rode out on no back. No
1: fucking way! No fucking way! No way! <laughs> oh! Yeah, dude. Shit! Oh, fuck me, man. That's a lot. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Shit. Okay. Well, fuck. That colors things even more, I guess. So this woman has this nope. like collection of just fucking random, like tattered shit. Nothing matches. Her brain state's gone. And Rachel, mm-hmm. this whole time is just like, am I insane? Because I recognize the words that she is saying, but I do not know yep. why. Are these? She's it, saying "yirks." That seems like a nonsense word. Am I gone too? Yeah. Ah! Like I. <laughs>
0: even begin with that yeah yeah it's it and it's written really it's very disturbing yeah it's written so fucking well that it is upset it's it's very upsetting and very like realistically horrifying as she gets locked in this thing but anyway yep all right jake and marco go to the freeway with tobias looking for rachel they're going to the part the the part of the freeway that they saw in the, the news and uh they choose to to go wolf morph again and they're very excited about it because it's very fun to have all these senses and to be so you know furry furry charm i guess yeah
1: i mean look it's silly but like no i'd be a wolf for sure
0: if you could like just experience the senses of an like uh, a cool predator like a wolf sure yeah that'd be fun yeah why why not I get it, but uh, it is funny that they're like <laughs> they're they're a little amped for this, yeah. and they brought a shirt of Rachel's that Cassie had, and they're trying to bloodhound her out. Uh, but as they start to morph, the blood the bloodhound the dust devil comes for them. It starts chasing them, and they they finish morphing and run the fuck away.
1: Yep, yeah, uh, and until they're... they
0: smell smoke, yeah, they smell
1: smoke. And the entire time while they've been doing this, Cassie has been at the mall. Cassie's been at the mall because Jake explicitly said, listen, I, you know, Rachel best. If there's anywhere that you would go, I feel like it would be the mall. But also Cassie is not a fucking idiot. And she goes, I know you're just trying to protect me. And you think that this, is this a sexist thing? You don't want me on site because I'm a girl and you think that I'm somehow not going to be able to keep up. But also she's conflicted with herself because yeah, She's terrified, and she'd rather be out of danger, and she doesn't want to be on the front lines, and Mm she'd rather be here at the mall with them. She's scared. She's frustrated. There's a lot going on in her head. At the same time, again, this is, there's a lot of perspectives happening here, so try to stick with us here. At the same time that the boys all smell smoke, turns out that Rachel is in this basement, and she smells smoke also. She ends up Having to morph to escape from this burning cottage yeah. shack.
0: And the crazy woman set starts setting the shack on fire yeah. and Rachel sees this and she knows she can't break out. But she remembers somehow that she was turning into an animal and she can do something else. She remembers
1: power and she thinks that she can accomplish that again. In general, Rachel morphing in instinctual necessity is a lot. She can't remember what. She can't remember why. Mm -hmm. All she remembers is the feeling of a morph and then needing that to take over again. So Mm -hmm. she turns into her grizzly bear. She busts out of this. And she...
0: And uh, the thing is right there. The Dirt Devil shows up. Yeah,
1: Dirt Devil extraordinaire.
0: And Rachel, blessed Rachel, uh, our lady of the bear, she tries to fight it. She's, She's gonna punch that fucking thing. Yeah. And as she does, it eats her hand. But also, she runs into Axe. Axe is there. My god! And then we do a fucking Tarantino and go back to Axe's perspective. Yep. Where uh, he's kind of- It starts out very chill where he's like- He's just kind of talking about things and wandering the woods. And he, he, I love, they put in this moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I wonder where if it's the same thing he, I wrote down. Probably. He complains about how the humans expect him to know every fucking monster, backwater monster in any part of the galaxy just because he's an alien. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, fair point. And also fun fun that he doesn't know that i like that a lot because it'd be
1: like showing up like you know for someone who knows a lot of new england plants and birds and things it'd be like put me out to the west coast and be like nico what's this plant and it's like fuck if i know there's different plants out here like i don't know shit about shit Mm -hmm. like and and imagine that on a galaxy level fuck fuck if i know man Like i'm just a guy i don't know i'm like you know how many
0: planets there are yeah come What do you mean you don't know what this
1: crazy thing made of dust, knives and mouths is? Uh, Something else that he says that I wrote down is he's talking about, you know, his various stuff. But he, (laughs) one of my favorite quotes is he goes, Marco's highly intelligent, but he also is very afflicted by a condition the humans call sense of humor. In quotes, yeah, and it's very funny to me because that means that there has been a time where there he's sat there, been like, Marco, why are you like this? And he's like, Oh, I just have a sense of humor. And Axe was like, I'm gonna file that one away, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I mean,
0: Axe is definitely a committee chair on the Marco Burn, No, oh, he <laughs> totally Marco, is, like a Burn committee, but so he... he, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Oh, uh, he runs into Rachel and he's he smells the smoke and stuff. He goes to show up and he's like, Rachel, what do you is that you? He sees this grizzly bear about to fucking punch the shit out of a dust cloud. Yeah, which grizzly bears generally, generally don't do.
1: Mm-hmm. So he he sees her he sees her punch it, and then he immediately sees her bloody stump of a hand, and the same thing happens to her other hand. Yeah. Imagine, if you will, and I know this is terrifying—a grizzly bear standing on its hind legs with just bloody stumps for arms. Cause that's what's happening in this
0: children's book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right now. And Axe immediately knows he's like, I can't save her from this thing. Yeah, I can't, can't stop it. But maybe he can follow it. He thinks, maybe I can figure something out, even though I can't just save Rachel from whatever it's doing to her.
1: Yeah.
0: And Uh, I think he... And he starts
1: to morph Bird, which is... Into a Harrier. And... Woof. He morphs Bird. And to
0: kind of skip ahead here a little bit, he morphs Bird. Well, he... This thing engulfs him. The cloud gets angry and picks him up and carries him off. Yeah. So he gets twisted away. He gets twisted Uh, away. And... As that happens, X immediately knows that this is some classic Visor Three bullshit. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'm getting picked up, and ca- it's not just eating me." All right, okay, uh, okay. Obviously, yeah,
1: obviously, this is what's happening. Obviously,
0: he also
1: does the incredibly intelligent thing of morphing back into an Andalite. Mm-hmm. This part is interesting to me because this is the most we've heard Visor Three talk. In a normal, huge air quotes kind of way. (laughs) Yeah. This, this is the most we've heard Visser talk aside from like, and it's, here's the thing is it's not just a sort of like, ah, ha, ha, this is my evil plan speech. It's Visser just being Visser. And we also get a lot of view into Visser's entire deal throughout this book too, because we'll get to what Cassie's listening to in the mall in a second, but Visser is talking a lot to Axe and explaining, we got this thing from fucking Saturn. It's called a Velik, and Axe is like, that's what it's called? And Visser's like, no, I named it because I am me, and we've reprogrammed it, and I'm powerful, and it's, ho-ho. And Axe is brimming with hatred because all that he wants to do is kill him because this is the man who killed his brother but there's horkpajir surrounding him there's taxons and there's visser and he keeps thinking strike now strike now strike now strike now and he doesn't and they put him into this cube and imprison him yeah
0: they they put him in a crate we put him in a box they put him in a that box has like yep yeah he also they also have like a very interesting point where first of all Visser 3 doesn't know that it's called Saturn. He's just like the planet in this place in this solar system yeah. with all the rings and Axe is like I will not say Saturn even though I know that because that is human word. Yeah. <laughs> it felt very like Backpatty and I I thought that was very It was funny very and charming, cute and good and charming. Yeah. He also says my uncles will make quick work of you yeah. or something like that. He calls them all his uncles, which is Oh, Ugh. thanks. Oh man. Axe is committing to the masquerade that's he he commits to the bit he really does that. he
1: really does i mean and in general acts Ax- uh, there's there's a lot going on here, right? From a literary standpoint, it's very important and very fun that Axe gets captured as opposed to anybody else because it's keeping up with that masquerade. It's keeping up that charade of, of oh, it still is all Andalites. And Visser explicitly says, you know, there was some whisperings about maybe it was humans that were transforming, but now I see you're all Andalites. And see? Axe is like,
0: yeah, we're all, yeah. it's the one we see all the time. It, they're obviously all Andalites. It's the one, it's one we've the always kid.
1: seen. It's the guy and also all his five other friends that are also Andalites and Axe is like yep that's me we'll get ya like <laughs> we're just a crew of blue dudes you got us <laughs> oh no we've been found out it's it's very but clearly he's you know yeah he'd be doing the grimace emoji if he had a mouth and teeth <laughs> yeah. mm. Um. so yeah. cut to Cassie in the mall yeah I this wanna... part is
0: so this part is so like touching and sad. <sighs> Cassie is having a breakdown as she goes through the mall looking for Rachel because she lists all the places that Rachel likes to go and why she does and what she likes there, even like the key lime froyo or whatever <laughs> that she enjoys. And it's so heart Jesus Cassie. This is so heartbreaking.
1: I mean, um, what it shows is that you bet ya, you bet ya that Cassie has lists like this in her head of every single one of her friends. And that she's probably had a new list that she's been wrapping up for like Tobias's shit of like, oh he prefers I like I bet you just know oh, Cassie yeah. of like, oh he prefers eating mice to, you know, snakes or he prefers eating snakes mm-hmm. to squirrels or whatever. And like She's just so caring and so genuine and so sweet, and she's walking around here, and she's having a breakdown. she even misrecognizes she hopes for the best, and she misrecognizes a person as Rachel mm-hmm. and she's like, "No, I know you're not her. I just <sighs> and then she recognizes yeah. someone and then this terrible familiarity comes over her, and she's just like in a bookstore, and she sees a guy that she recognizes
0: be Dalton's rip." <sighs> Rest in peace, all bookstores. But I think uh, B. Dalton's are bankrupt now, aren't they?
1: I never went to a B. Dalton's. I always went to Borders, Borders Books and Music.
0: Yeah, or maybe B. Dalton's are still around in like airports. I'm gonna Google this because that's gonna bother Google me. it. Google real it real quick,
1: real quick, real quick, real quick.
0: B. Dalton's? Question mark. And B. Dalton's. Uh. Yeah, I g- Kate ceased operations February 2013. Mm. Rest in peace, parent organization Barnes and Noble. So okay, so
1: it was just swallowed up, probably. Yeah, like it was purchased, bought out, and then yeah, yep. Uh, I believe Borders went out in 2011 or 2012, something along those lines. But yeah, so she's she's yeah. in a she's in a bookstore, and you know she's walking around, and she sees Chapman, and he goes from one section to the history section. And she finds this pretty amusing because she's just like, why the fuck is he learning up on history? What the shit? Um, Eventually he walks out and he's flanked on either side by people. And she realizes that she can't really do much for espionage as she is now. So she quickly finds a way to hide, turns into a fly and she follows along. Eventually she lands on his collar, Chapman's collar and she pays attention to the conversation that they're having. And the conversation is essentially, the woman is just like, look, we are having such a fucking time covering this up in the media. I am one on the police force. We have 10% of the police force. That means that 90% are just normalized people that do not think this is a tornado. They keep talking about how it's it mouths. We have witnesses. This is crazy. Yeah. And the other guy's like, this is fucking insane. You need to tell this. Or... And then this is the quote that I'd like to read out. Tell Visser 3, says Chapman. Tell Visser 3. No one tells Visser 3. People who tell the Visser something he doesn't want to hear end up cut off from Cantrona rays, slowly starving, dying ins- inside their hosts. If you want to tell the Visser not to use his Valique, you go right ahead.
0: Mm-hmm. Woo! Shit! More, more like evidence of viscer three's mass incompetence can't, as a leader by the way yeah
1: I, I mean in general that's a running theme not just in this book but throughout but mm-hmm. also like mm-hmm. wildly i can't believe we're humanizing the yurks but we are doing that that this is a war on both sides there are people yeah slugs cut up in this that are just sentient beings, sentient beings. Right? like yes exactly they're caught up in this as much as other people are and they're like, I'm sorry, you want to tell him that his plans not working and that we have to fucking cover up a media circus? Good fucking luck, my dudes. Like he will just kill you on the spot and we saw that in Access thing. He just killed somebody on the spot. At any given moment, if this or here's something he doesn't he just kills you on the spot. Done. Done. Done and done. Moving on. Fucking yep. whatever everybody's terrified not just the anamorphs that's insane this is a 125 page novel yeah
0: <laughs> this is for for eight-year-olds this is for children my god uh, yeah so cassie <sighs> gets basically all the same information that axe got on the ship so she can fill everyone in mm-hmm. uh and everyone kind of knows what's going on. They know essentially Rachel and Axe. Yeah, Rachel and Axe are in a bad situation and potentially dead. They aren't sure. And they need to find a way to disable the Valique, who prioritizes morphing. Yeah. And they finally are like, oh, obviously, this is what we're doing. Yeah. So
1: essentially, some sort of energy gets released when they morph. The Valique is coded to recognize that energy, and it targets whoever is morphing. However, after you've morphed, that energy dies down over a little bit, so it moves on to the next best thing, which is more morphing. It's coded based on the mm-hmm. energy signatures of the ship, as it was explained to, to Axe. Uh, so they all are basically on the same page. Axe is stuck inside of a box, and... Essentially, what ends up happening is just sheer fucking luck, right? They're all at Cassie's farm discussing this. Cassie's talking about how they need to do something. I love that everything is Democratic. Everything is decided by this majority vote. It's good. It makes sense. It keeps things fair. It's very fun and interesting because at the moment right now, what it's down to is it's down to Marco, Cassie, and jake and would
0: you fucking believe it and tobias
1: uh right uh and tobias but tobias ends up being asleep for like the majority of the big action sequence and he there's a whole thing later about why oh
0: right before this Mm -hmm. we cut back to rachel who like ran into a river and more demorphed into human yeah. and yes. survived that way. She ran into a new housing development and found an empty house, like parched, you know, dehydrated. Drinks exposure, out of the hose
1: in the backyard.
0: Climbs in through a window, Oof. eats some Nilla wafers she finds, and then takes a good floor nap. Yep, just completely Fucking gives up, takes a floor nap. Jesus
1: Christ! Yeah, she collapses like I think in like the either the first floor or the basement, and just wherever the window she climbed in through was basically wild wild and she ends up after a little bit being woken up by the police knocking on the door and being like we
0: No, she she's having her amnesia flash memories right okay okay yeah and then she wakes up from a nap screaming animorph oh that's
1: right that's (laughs) right it's even in all caps in the book it's just animorph and she's like why the fuck do i know that weird word that's a weird word strange The cops are pounding the on the cops door are there.
0: and they're, they're trying like, to get her out. we
1: saw neighbors saw you climbing in. So you should just climb right out and, and give yourself up. She's panicking again. Love that instinctual necessity morphing. She doesn't know shit about shit right now. She just knows I need to be big. You want me to climb out? I'll climb out. Elephant baby. It's time for elephant time. Yep. So she turns into an elephant. Hard cut. That's inside of a house. Inside of a house.
0: So Rachel goes elephant, she just tears down a wall and runs out of the house, mm-hmm. and the dust monster is on her trail and it's following her. And she is running around and tries to like get behind a Winnebago and it just maunches and crunches yeah. it and I destroys the Winnebago it. getting eaten. Then it cuts to Jake, Marco, and Cassie, and they are leaving the, the barn to go figure stuff out and they see the dust devil passing by oh okay, and that's okay. when they decide to follow it and they're like how do we do this and they take cassie's dad dad's old pickup and the best and part about like, that... this will be fine yeah so it so, is so this is
1: the part okay so this is the part one where i wrote about the democratic voting is that cassie goes i'm out i don't want to take my dad's car and marco goes let's do this and jake looks between the two of them and he goes yeah let's 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 do this Mm-hmm. Marco somehow convinces the other two That he knows how to drive You wanna know how he knows how to drive? He's played a lot of Wipeout
0: This, I hate it Wipeout is not a car driving You're it, a spaceship It a car a a <laughs> Are you kidding me, Marco? I was reading this Cruisin' USA was out in the <laughs> arcades Marco Marco, what have you been spending your quarters on? It's not the right one, apparently <laughs> and that game is right up marco's alley cuz it has weird jpegs of like bikini girls all the time oh just my showing God. In, like like in la i don't i don't think they do this everywhere but in la there are these weird giant billboards of like girls like very tan blonde girls in white t-shirts with rolled up sleeves yeah. and like jean shorts and boots and it's a work boots advertisement <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen those. (laughs) I've driven up and down
1: the California coastline multiple times. They're very obvious and very... I've seen They're not subtle. They're not... Well, no, they're not. I I mean, that's the point, right? But But that is the vibe of cruising USA. (laughs) So fucking... Fucking he's played a game that is not even the game that he is trying Cars. to anyway it's fine k applegate you don't know your animals or your video games in regards to biology and
0: story she weirdly knows video games but not <laughs> they don't apply correctly yeah because wipeout is quite a pull i feel <laughs> yeah like
1: i mean well that's the thing wipeout wipeout is the only thing that you, if you'd seen in arcade so she's been in an arcade Mm-hmm. and seen Wipeout and was like, that sounds like a thing that cars do, yeah, I guess. sure. <sighs> anyway, anyway yeah. we have been through, this is happening by page 100 of 125, right? Fucking, we are towards the end of the book. We have had so much PTSD, so much trauma, so much terror. All of a sudden, we get a slapstick goddamn driving routine with these delightful three children which is exactly <laughs> what we needed but also oh my god marco just keeps hitting every trash can and jake is losing his fucking mind going what is it marco what is it do you just fucking hate trash can do you just hate trash cans marco is that what's happening right now and marco's yeah. like i got this i've played so much wipe
0: and cassie's like marco you said you could drive it he's like yeah yeah, I've played a lot no, of No, Marco is a virgin who cannot drive. All right. He, he cannot. He he totally goes like, oh my God, that jumped out of nowhere. <laughs> right? Like as he's fucking barreling down the street. Exactly. And uh yeah. Yeah. Jake it's... is having a total meltdown and Cassie's just screaming. She's just nonstop screaming. Uh, and that's- I don't, I don't doubt it because the first time I was behind the
1: wheel of a car, I wasn't screaming, but there is definitely a wild feeling to be in control of like a ton of metal.
0: Yeah. If you're not used to if it. If you're not used to it. Like also- the amount I br- braked,
1: slammed on the brakes constantly oh, sure. <laughs> was just like, <laughs> yeah. just constant. My mom was like, please stop yeah. working on driving my head through the windshield. I, please. Please, you just like a feather, like a feather. We're in a parking lot of an abandoned Ames, which used to be a store. But <laughs> on the mm-hmm. topic of defunct stores, but like the parking lot of an old ass fucking department store, and she's just like, please for, fu- just don't even use the brakes, don't even use the gas, just put it, just go, just we're on a slight slope, put it in neutral, figure out the. T- losing my mind so i can't imagine that was me at 18 i cannot imagine a 14 year old marco marco of all people however i do want to note marco can only drive because of wipeout which isn't the right game holy shit marco you fucking lunatic i adore you you're a moron a broken sassy shitty little moron oh oh no (laughs) that was my notes the the yep. italicized O of a character in fanfic realizing they're in a little <laughs> bit
0: too deep. I'm about to write some like coffee shop AU. Oh no, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. He's very good. Fuck. He's so
1: stupid and so confident, and like he's got so many insecurity issues, and he's deeply flawed, and all he's trying to do is just <laughs>
0: and yet he's also like i can drive
1: i can drive the (laughs) the sheer bravado and confidence of a deeply insecure person is a lot and i love it accurate i love it it's a wild dichotomy and i'm i'm here for it
0: shit so so yeah yeah this is also jake's second promise to kill marco in one yeah jake
1: is (laughs) just like and he says in a weirdly calm voice if we get out of this marco i am going to kill you I'm just gonna kill I'm gonna kill you, Marco. I'm <laughs> yeah. kill you. And Marco's like, this is He's fine. Doing... This is totally fine. And Jay's like, I'm you're dead.
0: So yeah, they see then they drive up on Rachel as this thing is chasing her. Mm-hmm. And uh Cassie J- jake starts morphing to draw it away from- Oh, by the way, it tries to pick Rachel up. Yes. But she is a big old African elephant, and it only like kind of hovers a little bit and then puts it back down and, like, does some heavy breathing. Like
1: <laughs> It's a very funny thing to proceed or, or succeed so the slapstick routine of this driving shit to be like, <clears throat> like, this dust devil is just struggling to pick up an elephant and then it just puts her down. And then it tries again and it's like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: no, nah, I don't got this, man. So, like, I don't,
0: yeah mm,
1: I don't got this. It's trying, but I do not got this. Mm-hmm. It cannot pick up an elephant, which is Interesting. Because yeah. uh and we'll learn this later, but like it's the, the way that the Velik is composed, that it uh it, it's not just a tornado, it's not just this force, right? It's 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 a lot of shit going on at once, and it's just like can't do elephants. Turns out there's a limit. Elephants, that's it.
0: Yeah. That's the fucking limit.
1: <laughs>
0: elephants big. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: they're driving yeah. by so and they they
0: they see it. Jake starts morphing Tiger yeah. in the front seat, and uh, it turns its attention away. By the way, Cassie like watches Rachel realize she can't run away, and then turn around and trumpet to fight it. And she's like, yep, that's absolutely Rachel. That's my Rachel. So something that and this Cassie... whole book is so much beautiful Rachel-Cassie friendship it's and love. so
1: much beautiful Rachel-Cassie. I wrote this down a lot, too, is... Rachel trusts Cassie, and Cassie trusts Rachel, and they love each other so much and there's I mean, I cried a lot at specifically the bits of every time Cassie would be like, "That's my girl, that's my Rachel mm-hmm. that's my girl, Rachel Rachel realizing, mm-hmm. "Fuck it, I can't run. I'm just gonna trump it. She doesn't even have her memories, but that's my girl rachel when mm-hmm. when they rejoined a talk later, Rachel hardly knows what's going on, and she's like laughs and is just like, hopeless battles? Why not? And Cassie's just like, that's my girl Rachel. And it's just so much to me. Fuck.
0: It's very it's good. It's a lot. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they do that. Cassie, ju- they like stop. Doesn't Marco like hits a tree at some point. And- and yeah. Marco right has there, to actually
1: later on bay. Cassie
0: jumps out. Jake fucking meanders into the back of the pickup like while half tiger and I can just only imagine the most awkward thing possible yeah how do you it'd be like wearing a fursuit right
1: not that I'd know but you're just have these oversized paws and a tail which is weird for a human and like you're just skulking while half shifting and you're trying to get into a pickup truck which is already pretty high Mm -hmm. off the ground And yeah, it's this whole thing. And the whole time Marco and Jake are just like bickering because like the whole reason Jake got out is Marco was like, backseat, get in the the back, Jake, get in the back. You can't sit in the front seat and turn into a tiger, Jake. You're too big. Get out out of the car, which is really funny because Marco, you hardly qualify as a vehicle owner at this point, but good on you for attempting to preserve Cassie's dad's car for at least like 10 seconds before you wreck it.
0: Yeah, I also think he just doesn't want to be crowded in a f- with a fucking tiger. In the car. <laughs> that's valid. I think that's a personal comfort issue as well. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so Jake gets in the back. Marco fucking floors it. Mm-hmm. They floor it onto the fucking freeway, which is that's right, nightmarish. And I wrote this because one of my favorite bits was, "Where'd you learn to
1: drive, Jersey?" Fucking look. Here's the thing. We don't know which of the 50 states they're in, but we know they're not in Jersey. Shit. But I love that, like, Marco's whizzing past people on the freeway, hearing all these curses, and just like, like, dude, what the fuck? You pass on the left. Like, what are you doing? And all this shit on the freeway. My God.
0: Yeah, he's he's flying down and he's like this is way better this is way more like wipeout this is fine now we're fine i don't have to make stops and it's not fine marco but uh jake finishes morphing and marco just fucking flies off the side of the road into a ditch uh a ditch and swerves so his side hits a hits a tree jake jumps out and starts running away
1: yep and the and, the Tasmanian uh, devil is hot on peels his heels out
0: Yeah, and Marco's out of there. Yep. Yeah, so Cassie finds Rachel having one of her last memory flashes. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's, like, she remembers her mom and, like, her sisters doing a Marsha Brady. Like, why is everything about Rachel?
1: Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. It's always Rachel.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cassie info-dumps what's been going on, like, as quickly as possible, which is... I like that they include it because it's always kind of annoying when they're just like, come with me. It's fine. You should trust me. Yeah, Right. But it's done really quickly. Cassie is even like, we're on a suicide mission, basically. Right. Our odds are not good. And Rachel's like, that's the best kind. A hopeless fight? Isn't that the best kind? Yeah. And there, Rachel informs
1: her about the year. The the old woman yelling about the Yurks, and Cassie's like it's real. She mm-hmm. mentions that the the animorphs are pretty hopeless. And then Cassie's like, "I need a morph into a small animal." She morphs into a squirrel. There's fucking that's
0: okay. Dracon yeah, that's beams.
1: What there's like there's so much happening. Marco's freaking out. He sees the elephant. He slams on his brakes. He fucking slams into an elephant <gasps> with his car. Like that's
0: right he yeah, fucking yeah.
1: turns upside but down, dracon beams, he's fucking feeling his consciousness dimming and he's Marco like Marco
0: hits Rachel with a car with a truck. Rachel break or Marco breaks like Rachel's hips. What the he fuck? He
1: slams into Rachel with a fucking truck fucking starts tumbling and as he's tumbling thinking as his consciousness is going let the morph take me let the morph take me let it take me the dna will do its thing like let it take me rachel is heaving and wobbling shit's fucking going crazy cassie can't talk really to rachel because she's squeaking like a squirrel and then she's she's half squirrel half human rachel's trumpeting in pained rage Ger- a gorilla stands out of the fucking broken ass truck and she's like oh at least marco's alive this is good there's bug fighters and dracon beams and there's this wildness shit and then the Valik is just hanging out around them
0: well yeah the Valik was starting to go between or was starting to go to marco marco is morphing in the around the truck or yes know, whatnot. yeah and Cassie's like if i morph i will be taken she says oh here it is here's the dream i have to make the choice she's in and then she's in ha- cuz she's in half morph right she's ha- she's in the
1: between cuz it, it there's a specific like i'm i'm looking at the chapter right now and she says half Mm -hmm. human half squirrel eyes it's the specific Mm -hmm. like energy output of finishing a morph and marco has just turned into an ape and she sees the valique closing over him and then it just cuts to x and he goes i watched it all like i watched everything happening red beams lancing towards the elephant all of this everything the bug fighters everything going on and the the cube he's in it turns one part of it into translucency because it's a metal that whatever it's a quick sciency thing aside, and mm-hmm. Axe has this fucking brilliant idea of turning into a flea because his friend Jake had yep, done it before. He swats
0: at one. He swats at one. He he's like, got him, itchy. One.
1: And then he's like, wait a second, Jake did a did a flea. Jake did a flea. Why don't I also do a flea?
0: And fleas are so small. They are virtually, like, they actually always compare them to the size of a comma on a page. Yeah. Right? Or smaller than a comma on a page.
1: Anyway, he turns into a flea. And I wanted to, I I wrote this down. And this was a crazy, because I was writing this as I was reading. And I wrote, this is comically terrible. Like, he's comically atrocious in the way that he immediately kills someone he doesn't agree with. It feels like a very almost, like star wars or you know that kind of epic thing of like oh you disagree you're done you're dead kind of thing it's
0: scary because it's this immediate death like
1: "Mm, kill him the
0: thing right here's what i think is interesting like obviously he's ridiculously bloodthirsty to a point where it is detrimental to his own side and to his cause but i wonder if he is he also doesn't value the life of hosts so much as the yurks because if a human dies, the Yurk doesn't necessarily die, does it? Like, they can just climb out of right. climb out of the ear and do something else. But they lose their host body and they're just going to be inert slugs for yeah, the foreseeable Yeah, they can't fight sure. back. So maybe that's, but also it doesn't really matter, like, he'd kill them as slugs anyway because he's he, he threatened to do them. that. He specifically has a pet to remember his, like, little... He has his, a like, For You page video <laughs> that had his his pet suck out a yurk out of the ear and eat it. And yeah. he just... <laughs> I hate that you call it. Yeah. Yeah. He does have that.
1: But so in that same thing, as I was reading this chapter, like absolutely everything you said, then I wrote the quote of like, at the end of Axe's chapter here, literally, it's the last sentence, is, He turned all eyes to me in a leering, deadly gaze. I would like to take them alive for my own reasons. But if I can't, I will make do with their lifeless bodies. And I wrote, this is where he goes from comedic villain to terrifying. Like, fuck, you go from horror to laughably inept to horror again. It's so much. It is such a wild transition constantly because you can never tell. But isn't that,
0: yeah, isn't that true in real life, though? Yeah. I mean, mean, look at our was a clown. Yes, look at our, look at... The shit that goes on day to day. Not to get too much into it, but. Hey, y'all, if y'all in politics, resign. There's my hot take. No matter who you are, honestly, resign. Anyway. So, yeah, he just goes from
1: this, like, horrific monster sending this literal tornado of knives to just this laughably, like, slapstick murderer of, like, oh, you disagree? Very well, kill him. You know? To then mm-hmm. immediately being like, well, what am I going to do with your friends? If I can't have them, I'll take their lifeless bodies. And you're just like, fuck! Shit! Yeah. Okay. Woof! Yeah. But... And then I have... Yeah.
0: Because because the timeline is kind of wonky, yeah. like, my notes have certain things Mine too, cause in I, order.
1: Yeah, because after so, that I have the Cassie and Rachel thing, and then
0: there's just a lot mm-hmm. of...
1: Wild how this thing full of action sequences and insanity is also full of a lot of equal amounts of tenderness and care and emotional vulnerability. That's the Animorph series. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Welcome to the parade. We're all crying here.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then uh, because of because Cassie made the choice, you find out now that Marco has been captured. She didn't choose to finish the morph and draw the valik's attention to her. Uh, and Marco gets taken to the ship yep. and deposited as a gorilla, big Jim, big Jim in the house. Big
1: Jim in the house. Uh, and
0: Axe is like, oh, fuck, Marco, what's up, man? <laughs> he he thought speaks privately to him and is like, hey, what's up? How you doing? So you got captured, too? And Marco's like, wow, you're alive. He starts. And then he's like, where are you? And he goes, oh, I'm on Visser 3. Yeah, the, the
1: last place anybody would look is on Visser 3. I'm a flea. What's up? Mm-hmm. And Marco's just like, Uh okay. And and Axe, this beautiful, smart, flea ridden boy, is just also I wonder how that would work, by the way. You'd think that once he morphs into the morphing a flea... with the fleas, right? Yeah. I I have theory They have to spring have... off of him at that point, right? You can't unless you morph well, everything here's... that's attached to you, like your clothes, which you
0: don't You no, you do as long as it's very skin tight. Oh, so if they're attached, if they're currently blood, su- like if you had a tick, it would morph. Maybe, but Pata- I think I think so. Well, also if they've been sucking his blood, maybe that DNA inside oh, of them yeah, allows them to go into that's the morph a lot space. Of, that's a
1: whole enigma and a mystery burrito
0: thing. Like that's a lot, right? It's a lot. I think I think that's how we can get away with it, where he doesn't get morphed and then he's surrounded by. Abandoned fleas.
1: <laughs> a colony of fleas, you know? just all looking at him like. And I'll s-
0: where's our man? <laughs> where's our guy? Oh, does we that wait? Feast? Does does that mean like that they're leotards and bike shorts and stuff, or just they've got so much like dried skin or whatever oh! on them that they can wear? <laughs> oh, I
1: said the thing, but I regret the thing. I hate the thing, and I'd like you to for never say it again.
0: Wow, I. Okay, I will for never say it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wow was that my way of the sentence. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> you got forever and you got for never. And we made our choice here. <laughs> Alright, anyway. Yeah, so while Axe was doing this, Axe has thought of a plan to escape. Yeah. And he's like, you're in Gorilla morph, right? you see that panel it kind of works like thought speech you slap your hand on it and you just tell it to open the door open the hatch yeah and uh, Marco does Marco does this thing he manages well X starts to yes just that's a the bit. bit is he so he a turns teensy into... bit
1: to attract the valik's consciousness mm-hmm. quote unquote and here is the bit here's the bit that I want to talk about. The Velik, mm-hmm. we finally get a sort of macro view into what the fuck it is. It is not oh, yeah. an all-encompassing dust cloud. What the Velik is is a colony, a massive colony of these tiny insectoid-like creatures that all serve a purpose and come together to form this massive cloud. And in case you don't know, listeners, that's a real thing that exists on this bitch of an earth. They're called siphonophores and they're composed of a bunch of zooids. The reason that the Portuguese man-o-war is so goddamn venomous and, and, and murderous is because all of the strands that ex- are, are mm-hmm. off of the floating part of it are composed of zooids that are specifically oriented towards being deadly. They are actually colonies of animals that are all stuck permanently together to create one total functioning form. Siphonophores are fascinating. They are not jellyfish. They're their own crazy thing. If you want to go down a rabbit hole into the abyssal sea, check out some siphonophore bullshit. They're wild. So... I had a fun little field day with the fact that this massive dust cloud of knives, mouths, and terror was actually these tiny creatures that all formed their own sort of individual link as part of this greater Mm -hmm. thing. (sighs) So they figured that
0: out. And uh, then X opens the Mm -hmm. thing. And while the thing is coming at the viscer, he starts crying for water. And, you know. Bring me water! It's just crying for water. And they're like, hmm, that's very... M. Night Shyamalan of you. Did M. Night Shyamalan steal from K.A. Applegate? Yeah, I think so. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, fucking, uh, uh, with the more that I read, the more that I read Animorphs, I'm like, wow, a lot of people took a lot of things from this, huh?
0: (laughs) It's probably convergent evolution, but, you know. So, they are, in, in
1: essence, as Marco's falling out of this, he's like, it's a spaceship, we don't have atmosphere, we're gonna die, and then he was like, wait a second. We're very high up in the atmosphere. We do have a chance, ho ho! And Axe is just screaming like, "Demorph, demorph, demorph! We gotta go into birds, baby! You've got some wing mm-hmm. morphs, right? Let's go!" So we get sky yeah. dive morphing extraordinaire. They're about to hit the fucking ground by the time they're almost, 'cause they have to, they have to demorph into <laughs> humans and then they have to morph into birds, and so or humans Human and, and 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 a light. And And so there's this whole fucking sequence.
0: They're just screaming. They are just non- Axe is screaming in his thoughts. Marco's just normal, humey screams. Um, (laughs) 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 Oh, fuck. So yeah.
1: (laughs) They're screaming on their way down.
0: They scream. They're morphing back, and it is a nightmare. They see the ground rushing up at them. It is- They manage to make it in, like, the nick of time. They almost hit concrete. So- uh, Something to note is this has all been happening late the
1: fuck at night. Late at night. hmm Jake gets grounded for coming home at around midnight. He gets super duper grounded. And he has to go home with the thought and idea after turning from a tiger into whatever, he has no idea if his friends have made it. He is upsetty. There's a distinct bit where he has to come home and he goes to bed and he has no idea... And at 10 a.m. he's like, yo, wake up, dude. And Jake's like, oh, shit, you're alive? And Marco's like, yeah, man, we have a whole thing to talk about. But your dad wants you to clean his garage first. I know you're grounded, but clean the garage. And he's like, God, my mom's been asking my dad to clean the garage for months all right, give me three hours and I'll meet up with you in the woods. But holy shit. But Jake goes to bed. He tries to get Marco to
0: help. Yeah. And Marco's like, absolutely yeah. not.
1: He's like, no, no, no man, no, no, that's no. your garage. Not my garage. I got my own
0: shit. You're asking me? No. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. But yeah, so Jake
1: knows that Rachel and Cassie are okay, but he's still very unaware. And that's why, like, the grounding on top of everything else is kind of like this sort of moment where he's just like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Right? Like fucking whatever, man. The next thing I knew, Booga 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 Booga. What? I sat up, <laughs> spun around, twisted up in my, in my sheets, and fell out of bed. Marco laughed so hard he started crying. How did you get here? I demanded. Then, You're alive? No, I am the ghost of Marco. Fear That's
0: right. me. <laughs> That's right. God, Marco.
1: <laughs> this Jake and Marco friendship, I love it. I love these children of Marco just being like, ah, fuck it, you know, you should be stupid. Like, Marco's, like, opening yeah. his blinds, fucking, like pushes a chair into where it's rise and
0: shine baby I'm here Jake's like you're alive overwhelmed (laughs) with emotions and Marco's like (laughs) guess so bitch right like
1: basically exactly (laughs) and Jake's like what like trying to wipe the tears away probably from his face and Marco's just like anyway (laughs) outie
0: have fun cleaning the garage loser why the fuck would I buy? see you at the barn (laughs) god it's so charming it's it's so good they're good kids uh yeah so after that jake cleans the garage they all meet again and talk about how they can never morph until they find a way to to make it end and cassie is the one who thinks of a plan and cassie has been feeling awful because she feels responsible For Marco being taken and she feels selfish and cowardly. This is
1: the part of the book where I started crying and I didn't stop. Thanks. She recoils at the thought of being a coward. She is frustrated. She thinks of that in the moment when the whole thing with Marco happens. And she's thinking about it Mm -hmm. now. As they're telling all of this, Tobias is like, You guys did this when I was sleeping. I literally slept through most of this shit. And yet, despite... Mm -hmm. All of this, Cassie's the one that feels responsible. And so she feels this weight on her, right? Of feeling like I should have done more, I need to do more and after they compile yeah, all their she feels guilty she feels guilty she, and so they compile all their information together it's composed of all these different substances they seem to be calling uh, substances existences whatever lives uh basically just that the water seemed to be the weak link and Cassie latches onto that and is like we can do something with this
0: yeah they're like oh the viscer wanted to call water why would he want that mm-hmm. Because it saved him from the Valique. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the obvious answer, and they pick that up and take it. So, basically, uh,
1: this entire conversation of Cassie trying to discuss stuff is also fun and interesting, because Marco's like, look, I'm alive. Like, no harm, no foul, dude. We're in the heart of battle. I get it. I lived. It's fine. You know? Bygones? By- like, I, I mean, I didn't even know, like... I literally hold nothing against you. And she goes, that's not the point. I was a coward. And then Rachel's just like, God, you... Oh, by the way, Rachel by now hit her head again very hard and has started getting... Basically got most of her memories back.
0: Yeah, she had her, like... She had her flashes and Cassie kind of filled her in. Mm -hmm. And she has some blank spots, but she's still... She she doesn't tell anyone about that. Yeah. That's, not, that's nobody's business yeah. as far as Rachel's concerned. And Rachel's just uh, like, Cassie,
1: you've been in every fight we've been, and you're the farthest thing in the world from being a coward. And she's like, all right, Xena, calm down. And Rachel's like, who the, who's,
0: what? She's like, what? Well, who the
1: hell is Zena? And she's like, yeah, Marco calls you that sometimes. And she's like, do I hate it or do I like it? I need to know whether I want to <laughs> beat him up. Which is just so Rachel yeah. of like. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Where do I stand on this issue? I wish I knew. But, like, if I need to beat you up, I'll do it. I'll, f- I'll fucking yeah. go.
0: <laughs> so how much do we need to fight? Like, how? <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, just very sincere in asking yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Cassie's like, no, this is my plan. I'm going to do it. And she even doubles down and says, well, no, I'm going to do it because I'm the best morpher. Yep. And she is finally like, she admits it earlier in this book that she is, she's like, I am the best at morphing, even better than Axe. And I am a little proud of it, but it's not that big of a deal, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she's just aware of where her skills lie. And so starting on page 115 out of 125, this is where I started crying and I did not stop because basically
0: (laughs) it starts with Tobias. Yep. They head to the beach. They head to the beach and Tobias is going out over the ocean. Yes.
1: So Tobias is catching thermals, riding out over the beach. And a specific thing that he says is, like I said, this is where I start crying and I don't stop. I could not believe that Cassie felt like the weak link in our group. I mean, I was the one who slept through half of what happened. It was embarrassing and it was frustrating. But at least the good thing was that I had a role to play in Cassie's plan. Every single one of these kids in this entire thing so far at some point at some moment has felt like they're not doing enough despite the fact that they're doing more than anybody else literally in the world is that's a lot that's a lot they're all fighting Mm. something invisible that very few people outside of their group know exists and they all are in this together they all have this internalized sort of frustration of wanting to do more and be more and fight more. Jake, the leader, Rachel, the the go-getter, Tobias, mm-hmm. the scout, Cassie, the emotional one, Marco, the, the pragmatic tactics guy. Every single one of them at some point has felt this internalized sort of... I'm not doing enough. I am not enough for the cause. I'm and, and, and axe, a prince, locked on a dome for weeks while this shit was happening, while his brother died. Axe is no prince. Axe is just Axe. <laughs> um, pr- of a princely <laughs> descendant, then, let's say. But, like, everybody's sort of had this responsibility that they feel like they have to earn their way towards every time and it's just heartbreaking because it's like oh my beautiful kids you're already there you're doing so much you're you've been through so much already you're fine you're yeah. enough
0: but i mean what else can they do there's they're up against overwhelming odds they are overwhelmed yeah that's oh for sure the essence of it it's right? mostly
1: just i started crying at this part <laughs> Right, of just Toby being like, I slept through this. I should be bearing the weight of responsibility.
0: Well, Tobias always feels that he is on the outs of the group because he is trapped in hawk form because he can't actually morph. And of course, he's isolated. He's been isolated his whole life and he sees the chain, like the separation of that and feels the weight really keenly because this is his, these are his only relationships This is the only thing he's living for at this point. I already cried today, Kara. I didn't want to cry anymore. (laughs) And the thing is, hawks are not good at flying over water. But Tobias pushes himself Mm -hmm. to the point of exhaustion to help Cassie with her plan, Mm -hmm. which is to find a whale. And he does it. Yep. He finds a whale. And this, this was, I mean, this
1: entire book, because I have no idea what the hell is going on. Every single chapter is a surprise. And this one especially was a surprise. And so in my mind, when this happened, I was like, how is Cassie going to cope with? You can tell she wants to take a whale anamorph, morph. She wants to do that. But she has already had experiences with whales and the great ones. How is she going to cope with this? Ho ho. This is why, so far, every book in this 60-book series has been important. Because even though you can read one without knowing the rest, it's also like the implications of Cassie, uh, who's previously had a dolphin morph and communicated with the Great One and acknowledges, Great One being Whale acknowledges <laughs> that they have this existence outside of anything that human consciousness can bear and that taking them feels like taking something that should be able to provide consent she doesn't get the opportunity to do that she doesn't yeah, this time she has
0: to make she has to make a choice to take the whales acquire the whales dna without consent and like explaining the situation she- because that's what's necessary in the situation and i think this is Like, I feel like they could have formed that or, or, I don't know. They do say that it feels wrong to acquire. Yeah. But I feel like she could have asked. I feel like that's a moment. They're incredible whale things. I I feel like the Great Ones would understand. I do feel like it's a choice. I mean, they do. What I took from it personally,
1: me, nerd, Mm -hmm. that I am, is that she specifically said there wasn't time enough. So I feel like there's a sort of similarity in how, like, There's this bit in The Lord of the Rings where anything that Ents say is said over a long span of time because they only say Mm -hmm. things that are worth saying. So, like, by the time the Ents finish their introduction, it's nighttime, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's that same thing with the whales is what I got is, like, it would just take too long. It would just take too Mm -hmm. much time Mm -hmm. to
0: portray
1: this and get Mm -hmm. a yes back because they speak in these... Ex- extreme yeah. songs of time yeah. and and emotion they also
0: usually like pass you out to like either you're in the middle of a drum circle vibing with them for a long time <laughs> yeah. or you just black out and have whale memories for a while <laughs> yeah um, yeah i i feel that yeah you right you right uh anyway <laughs> Something that, cutting back real
1: quick, I love that Rachel says, there's only one way to deal with fear. Be afraid and then do what you have to do anyway. Like, Mm -hmm. this was at the start of the plan. And so even though she's just getting to grasp, it's all of this. Cassie's afraid this whole time. She still does it anyway. And this girl Mm -hmm. who thinks that she's a coward, she morphs into dolphin. Mm -hmm. She acquires this whale as a human. Then she rises up, Toby basically picks her up. Yeah, she goes cockroach. She goes cockroach. She's picked up by Toby. Yep. He soars as high as he possibly can go. And she knows that all these morphs along the ocean, everybody else is also partially morphing to just draw and draw this attraction Mm -hmm. towards. It's a group effort. And Toby, as this is happening, says a girl who thought she was a coward. It's amazing how people can just not know themselves at all. Which I think is yeah. very, that's a lot, Toby. I love you. It's very sweet. You're He's very, very sweet.
0: Yeah. And, sh- and he pushes himself to go as high as he possibly mm-hmm. can. And she drops. She jumps off as a roach mm-hmm. and demorphs and then begins to go as, as the valique comes, she starts morphing as quickly as she can to a whale. And it picks her up, but she doesn't stop morphing. Yep. She powers through and gets larger and larger and her and this cloud of Valik drop into the ocean and the Valik is dispersed or defeated. It is gone. Mm-hmm. It's at, it's that.
1: While yep. she's morphing too, part of her reaches out to the DNA the very existence she's... of whales yeah. and says help me.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: And she powers oh. through and turns into this humpback and just dives into the water. And these Velik, the all the valik disperse in just this <laughs> kind of cloud. Mm-hmm. It's so much.
0: <laughs> yeah. Then it's it switched to Rachel's point of view and they watch her and they worry, but they are, they see it starting to fall faster mm-hmm. and her going in and Cassie comes up. And she starts to sing. She starts to do a whale song. (laughs) What are you singing? Uh,
1: Jake asks her. What are the words? It's not words exactly, but if it were, it would just be
0: one. Hope. Mm -hmm. Fuck off. Yeah. So that's that's the first Megamorph. It's it's all right. I think it's a great like action book. Like, there's so much action going on. There's two skydiving
1: sequences. There's a car chase, like yeah. a car chase. <laughs> there's like elephants breaking down there's... houses and gorillas behind the wheels of, of of vehicles for a brief moment. Like, there's a yeah. lot.
0: Gorillas on the freeway.
1: Gorillas on the fucking freeway. There's so much here. It's a really action packed book. I loved it. I mean, I've said that about every Animorphs. I will say that having (laughs) multiple perspectives in a single book, one, is a lot. Two, timeline, wonky. Three, do appreciate how it's done, though. I think that it's pretty concise.
0: I think that- It's executed really well, and they have distinctive enough voices without being too jarring. Yeah, I think it's executed phenomenally well. You don't ever feel like, well, where the fuck are they? Where the fuck is Axe now? Right?
1: So- I don't think yeah. that every single book has to be this sort of like cripple the operation thing, right? Sometimes yeah. it is oh, just no. about There's... staying alive, and I think that
0: that's important
1: in guerrilla yeah. warfare.
0: <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah, it's it it's yeah, it's a wild time. I feel like he didn't. I feel like the amnesia is a little much. It's a, the TV amnesia is a t- a scotch much. The series does a lot of silly things, and it gets away with it by doing it pretty well and reasonably i agree i think it would still be able to stand on its
1: own if it was just the whirling dervish i do not think that rachel's amnesia need i think the terror of we need to fix this in two days before anyone finds out you're gone is enough without adding amnesia to it there's a little bit too many layers of direness and i frankly Even for, I I forgot about Rachel's amnesia until it was mentioned again. It was terrifying in the moment. Yeah. (laughs) It was terrifying in the moment, but it never was the, because the issue is always, how are these kids fighting the thing? That's the thesis statement of every book is how are they going to get the thing? So.
0: And essentially, well, the thing is, things wouldn't necessarily change much because she passes out half eagle, wakes up, starts demorphing. It chases her, right? mm Mm-hmm. Then she as she finishes whatever it gets distracted she's barefoot in the woods she could be close to the shack yeah and that was going to happen anyway she wants shoes she doesn't need to be an amnesiac for that she could still Uh, have essentially she
1: she could still have the terror and horror of having to morph with very little time left on the clock. That could still do the same thing that the yeah. amnesia did, right? Because they were in pain And before. also,
0: when, when Axe gets taken, she's once again separated from everyone while she's bare and, like, bleeding out because she's missing half of her limbs. Yeah. Right? So, of course, she stumbles to the lake and, demor- and, and demorphs there. Yeah. But is exhausted and the closest thing is a development, I feel like it still flows pretty much the same. It makes a lot of sense
1: for her to be like, I need to get back to the other people. There's probably a phone in that house, right? Like, yeah. even if it's not fully set up, maybe I'll find a phone, maybe I'll find water and food, Let maybe I'll find people, let me go towards yeah. there. Yeah, and
0: we know morphing is exhausting, and she has morphed, like, four times in that day so far. Yeah. Like, three or four times, right? The premise of Cassie's so- big
1: attack is that she morphs six times in that yeah. overall thing, so we know it's exhausting.
0: Mm-hmm. So it it makes sense that she wouldn't just necessarily morph bird right away and flap on out of there. Exactly, like she could go to a development and try and sleep, take a nap somewhere. Yeah, I certainly have taken naps in open houses. I have that were unmanned, fallen asleep right? under tables. It in happens. The woods.
1: Like it's
0: yeah, things happen. They fall, Sometimes yeah. you take naps in unusual places. Yeah.
1: But, um, yeah, so that said, I think, like, was was the drama pushed a little bit far for the whole, like, kids dr- book drama? Totally. But also, I think as a standalone, especially as an introduction to the series, if you just pick up the thicker book that's on the shelf, Oh, you'll get, yeah, you'll get a good You'll get a good glimpse. And, right? you know, it, it kind of is a solid promise of what to expect in the books, too, of, like, the punk, funny, bullshittiness mm-hmm. of Marco, the serious mm-hmm. focus of Jake, the...
0: Sometimes a gorilla is gonna drive a pickup truck on a freeway, and you sometimes <laughs> you're gonna lose half of your limbs yeah. and just have to deal with that. Yeah, so it's animorphs. I, I definitely i get the i get
1: the appeal. I get the the interest. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. You know. I think personally, my thought at the end of all of this is, I wish that the as a bird person. I wish that the horror and shock of hitting something as a bird, the concussion and the everything that comes afterwards mm-hmm. could have been explored on its own in an entire book. Could have been an eighty oh. it could have been an eighty page Rachel thing. That's what I think.
0: Yeah. I mean I yeah. This is essentially like two books, really. Right. Because there's the Rachel Amnesia story and then the Dirt Devil story. Yeah. And they are mostly separate. Yeah. And they only really intermingle at one point. Yes. But there there's so much happens. Uh, I think they put it together well enough. It's it's not a bad book. It's just, you know, it, once it gets a little longer, it gets a little less clean, yeah. right? That's kind of this just... Is,
1: this is not... To, this. I'm not saying this word as a negative, but it's juvenile, right? Like, no. it's very... Oh yeah, it's geared toward younger audiences, and I'm very aware of yeah, that. Yeah. like <laughs> no worries, no harm, no foul. I get it. It's for younger kids, and this is very easy for them to follow along with and they're not gonna necessarily sit here and pick it apart while they're <laughs> drunking, drinking, drinking.
0: Hopefully the kids aren't drinking, Mika. I mean
1: uh, right, that's right. my experience my experience <laughs> doesn't apply to everybody, you're right. <laughs> No, but like, uh, it, it definitely it's geared towards the younger audiences, and it's it's
0: easy to follow mm-hmm. for them,
1: and that yeah. makes sense. Like, no I, fucking, and it's still.
0: Whatever. It's still fucking good. I love I love so much of it, but this is the one that like hits the cheesy sci-fi bits just a, just a bit. Especially because the sci-fi is so quickly scanned over of just, it literally
1: boils down to Axe being like, I know how all of these things in the ship work, so put your hand here and say these words. That's it. That's the bit. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily I mean, take them that long to figure out, and that makes sense. It makes sense within the narrative, and it yeah, makes sense within the world. I love this. Sp-
0: I love the spooky cloud, but it also just makes me think of Taz, the Tasmanian devil, like, rolling through town. That has always been what I pictured it as. Yeah. Right? Like, there's... there's As much as I care about Siphonophores, it is very silly. There's some good sci-fi goofy, right? Yeah. Like, there's just a good tone of sci-fi goofy, which is enjoyable, but... um yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting book. Yeah. So Definitely. overall fun, had a bit of a cry towards the end, the last 10, 15 pages Very, or so
1: of kids.
0: When we get into the whales, you cannot help but cry. I cr- it is they're beautiful beautiful creatures and Cassie particularly has a bond and we always get to explore that. Yeah. And
1: Ugh. And I I mean, Ugh. in general, the, the beautiful, horrifying terror of Cassie demorphing from a dolphin under the depths into a human to acquire this whale's DNA, a human with a hand on the side of a behemoth, it ask, uh, a, she's asking in her heart. You know Cassie would never acquire anything without asking permission within herself, oh, sure. right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's just inherent yeah. to who she is. But Yeah it's just a beautiful image and i think it's it's very meaningful and beautiful uh but yeah so that was the first megamorphs book i don't know that they have titles megamorphs, it's one.
0: megamorphs one it's called the andalites gift and it's like is it really i mean i guess it is it's it's morphing let's call it the andalites it's curse um <laughs> yeah i don't know
1: the andalites responsibility that one is the...
0: sure <laughs> the andalites cease and desist <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah thanks for thanks for tuning in yeah. and we'll uh, we'll see you next time yeah thank you next week uh book eight the alien please come Woo-hoo. back <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.
1: <laughs> hey everyone thanks for joining us we hope you had as good of a time as we did First off, let's all thank K.A. Applegate, Michael Grant, and Scholastic Books for their extremely fun and dramatic children's series, Animorphs. You can find links to get your own copies of Animorphs in the episode footnotes. We'd also like to thank our friend Matt for making our intro and outro music. You can find him at nice Wizard Music on Twitter. Check him out. Hit him up. Make him slap the bass.
0: And, of course, if you'd like to send us comments and get updates on episode releases, you can follow the Lit Kid Lit Twitter at Lit Kid Pod. Or, if you'd like to follow us individually, you can follow me, Kara, at Bishojo World, or Nika at Gossamer Owl. That's Bishojo with a U and Gossamer with two S's. You can also email us at LitKidLitPod at gmail.com. You know, it's a, it's a good classic Gmail. All right, bye! <laughs> bye. This is 108p. This is very little p. 180, no 1080. Isn't it 140? 180. Yeah. Fuck. 108. I don't remember
1: Would how p goes. All I know is 720 and 480 and 1080. Right. All I know is 420. <laughs> <laughs> um. Fuck off. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sure. Let's do 108p. Yeah. That's so. This movie is action scenes. R Us uh, movie. Wow. Movie? I did say movie. <laughs> Can you can you can you believe yep. I've written the fucking phrase "I love Marco" in my notes this time? <laughs> ah, we'll get vindication. <laughs> we'll we'll it's, get there, but it's my wild. god, it's
0: so wild.